Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Hey, you're going to have to give me a little bit of slack today. Uh, We got in on Friday night. We've spent over 50 hours in the air, uh, which is a long time. We took the scenic route to get here. Um, We've seen countries that have nothing to do with where we were. We just flew flew all over the place, and we spent a ton of time in uh, layovers in different airports. But can I tell you, God is good, and we had an amazing trip. And uh, we decided that we were going to try and beat jet lag by staying awake. We had uh, about a 24-hour period after we had had a few flights already. We said we're going to stay awake for 24 hours so that when we get home on Friday night at 9.30, we can go home and we'll go right to bed and we'll, we'll beat this thing. Well, our last flight was just from Denver to Missoula. And so we were kind of looking at each other. There was four of us that traveled together and we said, who's going to fall asleep? And we're all saying, not me, I'm not going to. And we got on the plane and I sat down next to a gentleman and uh, he was very talkative, which was actually helpful for me. Um, But as I looked around, my traveling companions who were not going to fall asleep were like. (laughs) And so I'm like, that's cool. I'm going to be the one that stays awake because I've got this guy talking to me. And he was talking to me and talking to me. And all of a sudden in the middle of him talking to me, I went. And I'm like, I think I just fell asleep for a second. And so then I, I said, okay, I got to pay attention. And then literally a few minutes later, and I'm like, okay, excuse me. I got to go. I'm going to use the restroom real quick. And I splashed water on my face. I was able to stay awake and sleep through the night. But uh, it's, been, it's been a very long, and as soon as church is done, I got to get in a car. My, my daughter-in-law is graduating from Canvas College up in Kalispell. So I got to get up there. And so it has been a full few weeks since Easter. Easter was busy, but then on top of it, we had the ability to do all of this stuff that we did in Africa, and we're super excited. Thus, the shirt that I am donning today, they made shirts for us while we were there, and so uh, it was very beautiful and nice gesture, and you will see me coming. I can't sneak up on you at all. Um, Well, before we jump into the Word today, I want to just take a moment, and I want to mention something to you. We have our day of service, which is coming up. Uh, in just a couple weeks. And for those of you who have not been around, it is uh, around this time of year is, is River of Life's anniversary. So five years ago, we started this idea of doing a day of service in order to celebrate that. And, uh, and we've done it for five years. Well, this year, it's not just a River of Life event. It is a citywide church event. It has grown into that. And so with that, we need your participation. Pastor Angela has been heading this up with some other leaders in the community. And uh, when they sat down and began to discuss how big this could be, many of the churches were kind of like, we don't know how many volunteers we'll get. And, and, and Pastor Angela said, you know, we have always, we've always had 200 plus volunteers whenever we've done it. So we, I've got, I'm sure we'll do that. And right now we're only at 120 from this church. So let's not make Pastor Angela a liar. Can we do that? She really, as a pastor, she needs to be telling the truth. And so, uh, 
So I really need you to sign up. So you can get onto the app. You can do it there. You can stop by the Welcome Center. She's actually going to be out in the lobby following the gathering, and she can answer any of your questions. But this is going to be an incredible event where the church, capital C Church, all comes together and we serve our city. And I can't think of a better way to show Christ's love to our city than to see all of the churches working together. Amen? Amen. So if you have not yet signed up for that, I know in the years past, we've kind of let you sign up all the way up until the day of, but this year, because they need to coordinate with all of these churches, we absolutely need you to sign up this weekend. So please go do that. And, uh, and I appreciate you in advance because I really would hate for our outreach pastor to be a liar. That would not be good. So uh, anyhow, it's going to be good. And we're excited about what God's going to do. I'm going to have you look at Luke chapter five, verse 17. It says this one day as he was teaching Pharisees uh, and religious teachers were sitting around. They had come from nearly every village in Galilee and Judea, even as far away as Jerusalem to be there. The healing power of God was on him. Some men arrived carrying a paraplegic on a stretcher. They were looking for a way to get into the house to set him before Jesus. When they couldn't find a way because of the crowd, they went up to the roof, removed some tiles, and let him down in the middle of everyone, right in front of Jesus. Impressed by their bold belief, he said, friend, I forgive your sins. That set the religion scholars and Pharisees buzzing. Who does he think he is? That, that's blasphemous talk. God and only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew exactly what they were thinking and said, why all the gossipy whispering? Which is simpler to say, I forgive your sins, or to say, get up and start walking? Well, just so it's clear that I'm the son of, of man and authorized to do either or both, he now spoke directly to the paraplegic, get up, take your bedroll and go home. Without a moment's hesitation, he did got up, took his blanket, and left for home, giving glory to God all the way. The people rubbed their eyes, incredulous, and then also gave glory to God, awestruck. They said, we've never seen anything like that. Let's pray. God, in the next few moments as we spend time in your word, I just thank you so much um, because you are the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, you are able. God, I know that there are those who are within the sound of my voice right now who need to be reminded of the fact that you are able that you can do what you say you will do. And so, Father, as we look at this story, I pray that it will, it will reignite something in us, that we will, we will really lean into being who you need us to be. God, I thank you for what you're doing in Malawi. I thank you for what you're doing in Wyoming and Alaska. Lord, what you're doing in the prison system right now. I pray, Father, that as they hear the sound of my voice, that, God, I will step out of the way and that, Lord, you will be front and center and that you will do what only you can do. We praise you for that, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love this story. I, I, love, I love stories like this because they happen in just a couple of paragraphs, but as you begin to like kind of think them through a little bit, there's a lot that we can glean from this particular story. So here we see that these guys have a friend, and this friend is a paraplegic, and he's, he's unable to walk, and so they hear, hey, we heard Jesus is around here, and we've heard what he does, and so if we can get you to Jesus, we believe that he'll heal you, and so these men, they, they, they begin to carry their friend, and we don't know how far they had to carry him, but they carried him for a distance to get them to where Jesus is. They were probably busy, had other things that they could have been doing, but it was so important to them that they brought them, they brought this man to Jesus. And as I thought about this story, I was thinking about the fact that they get to where Jesus is and it is a house and it is full of religious people. 
religious people have come and, and some maybe came to learn from Jesus, but most came to try and trap Jesus. They came to try and trick him into saying something that would get him into trouble. And I'm sure that there were some in the crowd that just came to watch the fireworks between Jesus and the Pharisees, but it is crowded. And as I thought about that, I thought, how often does religion prevent the hurting from reaching Jesus? So often we allow religious stuff to get in the way. Religion becomes more important than people. And that's why at River, you'll hear us talk about this all the time. This isn't about religion. It's about relationship. We want to make sure that what we're doing is we are pointing the way and clearing the path. We want to make sure that the hurting are able to come and find healing and that there aren't going to be religious things that stand in the way between those things happening. So I want to look at this story for just a few moments because I think there are a few things that we need to know. And, and for us, how we can apply it is how are we going to be people that change the world? How are we going to be people that have an impact in our particular areas where we live and, and where we have influence? And the first thing is to believe that Jesus is the one who can heal. So these men, in order to do what they did, they had to truly believe that Jesus could heal. You don't, you don't go to all the trouble of bringing your friend, carrying him for probably miles and miles to a place if you don't believe that Jesus can actually heal. And I think that one of the things that we struggle with in our culture right now, in Western culture, is we've gotten to a place where we go, yeah, I believe Jesus probably can heal. I believe Jesus probably is the answer. And so we, can, we spend more time trying to find the answer for ourselves instead of actually bringing our friends and our family and our relationships and our needs before Jesus and trusting him. So we have to come to a place. These guys obviously went to a lot of trouble for their friend because they believed that, that Jesus could heal him physically. But you need to hear this today because Jesus can not only heal physically, he can heal mentally, he can heal emotionally. Some of you have, have leaned into medicine and that's fine. Doctors are great and God gives doctors wisdom and all that. But we also need to come to a place where we begin to say, God, I'm gonna trust you. If you're gonna heal me through medicine, that's totally fine. But I also know that you could heal me with just a touch. And we're going we're gonna to walk that out and we're going to believe that to be true. So we need to realize that he is the antidote. He's the answer. And as we believe that, then all of a sudden when people are in our lives that are struggling, that are hurting, that have a need, we, we know that we have, we have the ear of the one who can fix whatever the problem is. Amen. I want to read you this verse because it's our anniversary week. So this week we'll celebrate 15 years. And, uh, and so... I just, I really wanted to spend a little bit of time today just bringing us back to the understanding of who God's called River of Life Church to be and why we are a church that I believe looks different than a lot of churches. Isaiah chapter 58, starting at verse six says this, no, this is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned, lighten the burden of those who work for you, let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from your relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your God godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call the Lord, he will answer, yes, I am here. He will quickly reply, remove the heavy yoke from the oppressed Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. 
Then your light will shine out of the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. I love that scripture because it's giving us very clear instruction. And what's great about it is it tells us we are to do things like feed the hungry. We are to clothe those who need it. We're to reach into those who are oppressed. We're to set the captives free. That's who we're supposed to be. But what I love about it is oftentimes when we find ourselves in a position where we feel the need to help others, we think it's going to be at great risk or sacrifice to us. But as we look at this scripture, it says when, you're, when you honor this, when you do this, then all of a sudden, God is going to hear you. He's going to answer your prayers, but also the darkness of your own life will become light. See, oftentimes when we hear things like, oh, you should serve, you should help, you should give, we feel like, oh, I'm making a big sacrifice. But the reason that we, that's so important for us as, as a church to teach that to you is because while you learn to give, it actually lightens your burdens. It doesn't add burden to you. See, oftentimes when people think, oh, you want me to come work in the food bank? Well, I'm just so busy and I don't have time and blah, blah, blah. You, what you don't understand is it's not because we need you. It's because you need it. Amen. You need to feel what it is to give back and to, and, to, uh, and, to, and to really press in. So the second thing I want us to look at in this, in this particular story that we're looking at is persever perseverance matters. These guys didn't give up. Now, imagine this with me for just a moment because they heard Jesus is coming. Their friend could really use a touch. They could have done the easy thing and said, hey, bud, I don't know if you've heard, but Jesus is healing people and he's gonna be in the next town over. So if you can get your way over there, man, that would be amazing because he'd probably heal you. And then they, would, they could have walked away and said, hey, we did our part. We told them about it. But they didn't do that. They picked him up and they carried him. Now, when they arrived and there was no way to get to Jesus, they could have said, hey, we tried you know, hey, bud, we'll leave you outside here and maybe Jesus will walk by. Hopefully he'll find you and he'll heal you. But these guys persevered. These guys said, hey, we so badly know that Jesus can heal him. And I don't know about you because I think in that moment, I don't know what I would have done. But these guys thought outside of the box, right? They, they said, hey, you know what we could do? Track with me for just a moment. I got an idea. What we'll do is we'll go up on the roof and we'll just start ripping the roof apart because then we'll get them to Jesus, right? They, they said, I get it. There's a barrier that could stop us from doing what we came to do, but we're not going to let there be a barrier. We're going to remove the barrier. We're going to rip off the roof so that our friend can have what he needs. That's, that's the kind of Christians that we need to be. James chapter one, verse 12 in the message translation says, anyone who meets a testing challenge head on and manages to stick it out is mighty fortunate for such a person, person's loyally in love with God, the reward is life and more life. So when a testing challenge comes your way, when something stands between you and what you feel God is wanting you to do, do you use that as an excuse to just stop short of what God has for you? Or do you push through? Because I believe that many of us, we stop short. We say, oh, I tried. I, you know, I, I felt like God had, had told me to start this ministry, but it didn't really seem to work out and people weren't coming to the class I was teaching or people weren't being involved in the thing that I was doing. And so, so I tried, so I can, I can chalk that up that I did what God asked me to do. But God asks us to persevere. These men saw their friend healed because they persevered. Because they said, I understand there's a barrier, but no barrier is going to stop me. Yeah. Luke chapter 5, verse 20, I want to reiterate this story again, because again, we, we know the end of it. So we're like, oh, that's really cool. But even think about this for a moment. You've brought your friend, you've carried him, 
to this place. You've ripped the tiles off the roof of some dude's house that you don't even know whose house it is, but you did it anyhow. And then you lowered him and Jesus looks at him in in, uh, verse 20 and says, seeing their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven you. Now that's another moment of like, wait a second. That's awesome that his sins are forgiven. We want him to be healed. But Jesus' plan, he wanted to teach the Pharisees a lesson. So Jesus in that moment could have just said, get up and walk, but he wanted them to question him. So they did, and now Jesus was able to say, which is easier, to forgive his sins or to have him walk? Just so you know, I can do both. That's an amazing moment. And as we follow the story out, we see that everyone began to give glory to God, right? So those who were questioning now all of a sudden realized, man, this this guy, there's something about him because, because that's an incredible moment. Some of you sit here today and you have barriers in your life that stop you. Like even when I just a few moments ago talked about serve day, in your mind you're like, yeah, but it it may actually be done snowing by then in Missoula and I've got a lot of yard work I need to get done and all those things and so I need to get that done, otherwise I would love to do it. And so you put a barrier there. Maybe you sit in the the room and and I'll just be honest with you and, and, and please still love me, but... There's many of you who love what River of Life does. You love to tell people, tell your friends about the, well, we do furniture, we feed children, we do all these things and I love it, but you don't actually do any of it. And I, and I just wanna tell you right now, you've put a barrier up. You've said, hey, I, I, I can't because X, Y, and Z. Well, I, I, I'm busy all week, so it's tough to give up a Saturday or, or you know, I, I, whatever. Like we're gonna, in just a moment, we're gonna take this offering for, for one day, we're gonna feed kids. And I've asked you for weeks, would you just, one day of your wage, will you bring it, will you, will you share it, will you, this is how we wanna celebrate this church. We wanna celebrate what God has done by doing something bigger than us. Yeah. And some of you have come up with reasons why that won't work. Well, not this month, if they only knew it's my, it's my kid's birthday and I got a graduation and I got this and I got that and I got that. And so you put barriers up. And what I want you to hear today is is you can have those barriers and that's up to you. That's between you and God. But when you begin to rip the roof off, what happens is you get the miracle. God shows up. I don't know what would have happened if these guys said, hey, you know what? We tried. We'll just sit out here and hopefully Jesus will come by. But they didn't. They said, I believe that he is who he says that he is. I believe that he can do something. And, I, and we're going to, so much that I believe it that I'm going to rip the roof off. And as we move forward as a church, as we go into the next 15 years, the next 50 years, I always want to be a church that says there isn't a barrier that will get between us and what God wants us to do. Amen. I want to be a church that we rip off the roof, that we say we want what he has. And can I tell you, I'm so blessed because I have a leadership team, I have a board, that when we sit down and we go, hey, these are reasons why it may not work, there's never been a time that that stopped us. If we really feel like God is telling us something, we just push forward and we go, well, we'll rip the roof off and see what Jesus does. Now that's great as a church, but what I want is what if we had a church full of people who rip roofs? What if we had... A, a, a capital C church of people that ripped off roofs? What if we just got to a place where we said, you know what, Satan, you can put whatever barrier you want. We, we're going through it. 
because he's able. Can I tell you, spending time with these people in Malawi, and I'm going to share a little bit more about the trip in just a few minutes, but amazing, amazing people. It's one of the poorest nations in the world. And, um, and they just have joy and love. And when they come to church, they walk for hours to come to church. If anybody, if you had an excuse, if I was like, hey, you know, I got people that are like, oh yeah, I'd love to come to church. I live all the way in Linda Vista. And I'm like, okay, well, I live in Frenchtown and I still make it, um, right? But we, we are very good at putting our own barriers up, right? Like we put barriers up that give us excuses not to do things. These people walk for hours and they come to a church service that lasts for three hours and then they walk home. Oftentimes not eating at all during that process. And so if anybody had an excuse not to come, they have an excuse not to come. But not only do they come, they come and they dance and they sing and they're joyful because they know what God has done for them. I want to be a church that says no more excuses. I want to be a people that says, you know what? I, some, here's the deal. I'll, I'll, talk, I'll go, hey, how come you weren't? Oh, I watched online because I had a lot of yard work to do. I worked really hard that week. And I get it. That's fine. That's our culture. But maybe we need to be a different culture. Maybe we need to change our culture. Maybe we need to begin to understand that if we're really thankful for what God has done, then, then why is it that we can't take two hours out of our weekend to come and praise him for it? Why is it that we can't take another extra couple hours to come and serve so that we can see what God is doing through that? And you'll do it and you'll find yourself filled up because that's the way it works. He designed us that way. The problem is the enemy is such a liar that he makes us think that, oh, this can be such a huge sacrifice for me to come and serve at the food bank this weekend. You watch the people that come and serve there and they leave here with a smile on their face because they know that God has just worked through them. Religious people in this story wanted a discussion and hurting guy wanted to be healed. We can get stuck in the discussion or we can understand that Jesus is the one that heals. And I want us to always be a church that leans in and understands that, that God wants to do incredible things. The third thing is this, don't sit by and wait for someone else to do it. We are super good at this. We uh, we, uh, I know that it's, it's a cultural thing too. Like, hey, I love that our church does this, but I don't have the time. I don't have the space. I don't have the bandwidth to do it, but I'm really excited that they, that they do it. I'll let somebody else take care of it. The problem is, is what you're doing is you're robbing yourself. You're not robbing the church. It's God's ministries. He'll get it done. He'll make it happen. But what you don't realize is the enemy has told you a lie that says, because you're sacrificing, it'll make your life harder. It actually makes your life better when you learn to serve. Now, I've had people, here's the deal. Some of you are sitting here right now and maybe you're in this boat. You know, Jason, I've had people leave the church. They said, you talk about outreach too much. You talk about, about uh, how you need, how, how we should all be participating. And I just don't like that. And I just say, bye. Sorry, I, I don't want to be rude. But this is who we are. Amen. This is who God's called us to be. And, and the reason that we're passionate about it is because we've experienced it. And I want you to experience it. I want you to understand it. So maybe you haven't signed up to go serve. Ser sign up. Go serve and watch what God does. You go, oh, it's a Saturday and I don't, I don't care. Do it. Amen. God will meet you. Right. He's faithful. That's good. That's 
just a moment. While we were, while we were flying back from Malawi, we were on these flights. I mean, we flew over a hundred, a hundred countries, I think. Um, we, we zigzagged all over the place. And uh, um, it, it was incredible. But while we were getting ready to leave, uh, Jason Lindsay, who was on the trip with us, had said, hey, I'm going to take all this footage that we got and I'm going to make a video. And I said, that's perfect. Can we have it for this weekend? Um, that was on Thursday. And uh, so he sat on the plane and he worked on this video that we're gonna, I'm going to show you in a minute. We're going to show that while we take our, our one-day offering. But I, I just want to challenge you with this. I'm, I'm so thrilled that to celebrate 15 years, we're not doing a big party. We're not, you know, patting ourselves on the back. We're not doing any of that, but we're literally going to work with Convoy of Hope who feeds over a half a million kids a day. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna sow into that ministry today. And, and so some of you have had excuses not to do it. And maybe just my little talk right now has made you change that. The, the thing will be on the webs or on the app so you can give all week. But next week we want to we want to celebrate. We want to share how much we're giving to this. Um, I, my hope is it's one of the biggest offerings we've ever taken in this church. Um, because, because I believe, honestly, as a pastor, it's easy to go, oh, well, we could take that money and we could do something else. And, and boy, we could really use this or use that. But I know that when you sow into God's kingdom, when you do something for someone else, God honors that. And, and I can't think of a better way to honor what God's done in 15 years. And I'm I'm wanting the next 15 to be even greater to where we can look back and go, yeah, that first 15 was good. But man, that second 15, man, we ripped the roof off. God did some things that we can't even imagine that he did. And so, so I, I want, um, I'm going to ask the, the hosts to come forward and we're going to receive this offering for one day. And um, you saw in there, the thing that I love about it is they, in that video that they played, they feed the kids, but because they feed the kids, it opens an opportunity for them to speak Jesus into their lives. And people who wouldn't listen before are now listening. And so if, you, if you've come and you're ready to give in this, in this particular offering, whether you're going to do it online or you have a check with you or you got an envelope from in front of you, I did this last night and I really feel like there's something powerful about this. But I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. If, it's, if you're giving on the app and you want to just hold your phone up, that's fine. But I just want us to hold up the offering that we're going to give because I want to pray over this. I'm going to ask God to just multiply it and do even bigger than we thought he would do with it. God, I just am so grateful that Lord Jesus, you are going to take what we give today. And Lord, for many in the room, this is sacrificial. This is a big deal. There are, there are things that this could have been used for, but, but Lord, your people are saying yes, and they're removing barriers. They're not going to allow the barrier of, of uh, uh, unexpected expenses or things that their, their budget's too tight so they can't do it. They're going to trust you. And so, Lord, as they sow this into this amazing ministry to feed children, I pray, God, that you will use this money in ways that is bigger than us. I pray, God, that the children that will eat as a result of this giving, that, Lord Jesus, not only will their stomachs be full, but, God, I pray that their spirit will be full and that they will, they will hear about you and they will chase after you. And we just praise you for that. I pray that you bless the gift, but you'll also bless those who are giving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you watch this video?
first of all, uh, me and Ira and the team here, we are very much excited by your coming. When we visited you in Montana, and you say, and I don't, I don't miss this word, what Bob said, because Bob who emphasized that he will come. So it's like a dream come true. We've been telling people that we have friends uh, in Montana. We have the Live of Life family. There's a lead pastor and the team, they love us. They provide to us all the resources that we've been having here. You bought us a tent, you bought us some chairs, and you've been giving us resources to provide some meals to the people here. Finally, to see you, such a great experience. So we are very thankful to God for making it possible that this year you are here and you are together with, with you. Well, seeing the team coming to Malawi, it was kind of a dream coming true because it was like we have been telling the people here at our church in Malawi about you guys, about how wonderful you are, about how wonderful the entire church is. And it was like, is this real? Are they going to come here? So this is just so wonderful. I'm so excited. So is the entire church. And I know this has just cemented the relationship that was already there. So I don't take this one. We are planting this uh, mango fruit tree in honor of the late pastor, David Ton, whom we know and we believe that he played a big role to plant the seed of River of Life here in Malawi. So this tree will be planted here at Otakalaka headquarters and it will be a remembrance of him that he saw that seed and that seed has grown and you can see the fruits today and we are hoping that as we plant this tree this tree will grow and will produce more fruits we'll eat more fruit from this tree and this will be as a legacy for him and he will be 
forever remembered here in Malawi, especially here at Otagaka Foundation, as a great man of God. And uh, to add on that one, Malawi Church is going to benefit as the tree grows, as the, uh, the plants, I mean the fruits comes out of the tree, that's when we expect more souls to be one for the Lord. So we are dedicating this tree uh, for the work of Jesus. So we believe this tree is going to be named uh, Ton, uh, David, David, David Ton tree for both uh, humankind as well as for the work of Jesus. So we live now in the hands of our uh, Pastor Jason Ton and uh, Bob Thunders uh, to do the good work. Thank you for doing this. It means, it means a lot to us. And, uh, my dad loved Africa. He loved Malawi. I came with him 12 years ago. So um, just the beginning of something that I didn't know was going to grow into something so big. So thank you. that it would be. Um, from the time that we got to uh, Melange and Ted and Ida had picked us up and brought us to Otakaraka, which is Ida's foundation, they had a group of 50 plus people singing and dancing as a welcoming for us when we arrived. showed to us and um, hospitality and and that was the first day and then as we got going we had the opportunity to um, do church at Otakaraka which is where River of Life normally meets and what a blessing that was we we saw multiple people accept Jesus and got to watch as they fed the children from the community which is what they do usually every Wednesday and for many of those children it's the only meal that they get I just remember one of the things uh, one of the first things we did out the gate was uh, we went to this school down the road from OTK and uh, and there you know we rolled up and there's all these school children and um, and like you know, they say that Malawi is like the warm heart of Africa. And uh, 
and these children's like their their smiles and their happiness and this, their joy and uh, and even their singing things like that. It was just so cool to be around them. when we went to do these crusades um, and we did one church service and two crusades just to see all the children and to interact with them and uh, just their curiosity and um, in a sense it was just it was something so awesome while we were planning this trip uh, and it's gone through several iterations actually then we came to this point where this cyclone had happened and you know I started asking myself like what could we do that would actually have an impact we set a goal of a thousand life straws um, and we kind of approached it from that angle Uh, and we had a little bit of money that came in not a ton Uh, and then uh, my wife's idea actually was to uh, reach out to life straw and just ask them if they they would um, donate. But she kept after me enough to where I uh, I sent the email. And the only email I had was the customer service email that was on their website. So I sent an email saying, hey, we're going to Malawi in, in a month and this cyclone has happened and there's all these water problems and we'd really like to, to take some life straws. Could you maybe, like, I don't know, give us some at um, cost? Straw donated um, 25 of these uh, community systems and God sort of really worked I mean everything from the beginning out but he again worked the transportation out we were concerned about transporting you know 25 boxes that were two foot square and how we were going to make that happen and then someone stepped up and uh, we were able to get that taken care of as well and they drove um, eight hours each direction seven or eight hours each direction they left three o'clock in the morning and arrived um, the morning after we arrived with all 25 boxes and they were glad to do it. So the word tells us in James chapter 1 verse 2 that through our struggles we can develop joy and it has been so apparent to me and so amazing to watch the people who struggle through daily life And yet, when they worship God, they worship wholeheartedly. And their joy just comes out of them, no matter what they're doing, from the most menial of tasks to something that, you know, is exemplary and something that uh, shows their love for God. And the people have just an overflowing amount of joy. And it begins to rub off on you to a point where you realize maybe some of the daily struggles that we go through really aren't worth comparing and how much joy we could find in knowing that God is bringing us through those things. So we want to sing the song, uh, the worship song for the Holy Spirit as we are getting ready for the preaching, for the message. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ah.
amazing what God did. And for those of you who don't know what Life Straw is, we had gone there thinking that we could get maybe a thousand of these at cost. They are a straw that you can drink through and it will clear out 99.9% .9 of any pathogens or anything that would be in the water. And then Life Straw donated those systems which will provide enough water for 100 people a day for up to five years. Um, and those are about a thousand, just under a thousand bucks a piece. And we were able to bring 25 of them and God worked out all of the details for us to get them to where we were. And then when we got there, we didn't know how we were gonna distribute them. And so uh, Ted and Ida had set up an opportunity for me to teach leadership to 12 pastors uh, from the area. And so we decided that each of those pastors would take one of the systems back to their church so that their community would know to get clean water, they can go to the church in order to do that. And so that was amazing. And then we were able to get into multiple schools and even a hospital and provide water for them as well. And uh, just incredible to see how God worked the whole thing out. Um, and as we talk about this idea of ripping off the roof, I just want you to understand there are all kinds of barriers that stood between us and going on this trip. And I mean, as simple as financially, it was a lot of money. Uh, in order to go to Malawi, in case you, I don't want to scare anybody off, but it was like nine shots that you had to get, um, which, you know, at the cost of over $1,000 per person to do that. Uh, so there's a lot of barriers and a lot of reasons why we could say no, but I'm so grateful that we said yes, because it's when you say yes and you rip the roof off that you're able to see what God is able to do. And just a couple little highlights. I don't have a lot of time right now, so I'm not going to share uh, as much as I would love to share with you, but... We got there and we did church on Sunday at Otakaraka, which is where River of Life normally meets, and, um, and had, a, had a, just a sweet time. Uh, I had multiple people accept Jesus, 
And then later on, I found out from Ida that her mom had come to church and she doesn't normally come to church and she accepted Jesus. Um, and so that alone was worth the whole trip. And then on Monday night, they had set up a crusade for us and we drove into this little village and uh, it was in the middle of a marketplace. So there was all these stores that were open all around, um, using the word stores very loosely. But, um, and then as we got in there, there was probably 500 people that were waiting as we pulled up and we did church and we just saw, we saw probably 100 people accept Jesus on that particular night. And, uh, and, then, and then the next night we went even further out. We drove to a place where we didn't see any other cars and we got all the way out there and, uh, and when we pulled up, there was over a thousand people waiting to hear about Jesus. And uh, so we did worship with them. Uh, I got the ability to preach. And when we gave the altar call, there was hundreds and hundreds of people that accepted Jesus. And then, and then after that, when we got done with that, we, we opened up the opportunity. And, and the night before, we had, we had all these pastors that had joined us. And so I had called for the pastors to come forward and that we were going to pray for people as they needed it. So on this particular night, I said, hey, we're going we're gonna to do this thing. I'm going to have all the pastors come and we're going to line this, this area right here and you can come forward for prayer. Well, Ted was uh, translating for me and he decided to do it different. And so he translated, he said, he said uh, before we call the pastors, I want all of the people who are in, in need of any kind, I want you to just come forward. And so as I was standing in the middle, there were probably 700 people that just came and pressed in. And, uh, and I just, I, I was thinking about that this week as I was preparing to preach this message. There's a people that say, there aren't going to be barriers. I'm going to press in. And I wanted to say that to you because there's so many times when we do church that, that we'll open up and we'll say, hey, if you need prayer, you can come. And, and we, in our minds, we put up all kinds of barriers. Well, church has already gone a little later than it normally does. I, I got to get my kids out of kids' church as quick as possible. Or, oh, there's only a couple of prayer teams up here, so uh, I don't want to wait in line. Or someone else needs it more than me. Whatever the barrier is, I watched when people said, I'm not going to let there be a barrier. I watched what God does. We saw people healed from all kinds of things because the people came expecting. And I, 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 if I can encourage you with anything, I want to be a church that rips the roof off. I want to be a people that say, I'm not going to let anything stop me from getting to where Jesus is. I'm not going to let anything keep me, you know, I'm busy, my job, my, my family, blah, 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 whatever. You can do that, but you're putting your own barrier there. And, and Jesus has healing for you. He has good things for you. So let's be a church that says, we don't, we don't need a roof in the way. If, if there's something that's in the way, we're gonna, we're gonna go through it. We're gonna push through and watch what God does. I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip the end of this because I just really wanna take a moment as we close this out. And I want to, um, I wanna pray. I wanna pray that, that God puts in us a new hunger and a new desire for more of him. I want him to, I love what, what uh, Pastor Hunter preached about last week and that, that whole intimacy and that understanding of being, being like pressing in to what God has. And I just really feel like God is calling River to a place where not only is our outreach gonna increase, I, where, we, where we did that last crusade, uh, Ida firmly believes that we're gonna plant another river of life out there and we're going to watch God do some, some amazing things. Uh, we, we were able to 
put boots on the ground and see where we can potentially build a new church for them because they need a building desperately. They've got, they've got multiple overflows where people have to sit in the hallway and listen and hopefully they can hear what they need to hear. And I just, I, I want us to rip the roof off in Malawi. I want us to rip the roof off in Wyoming. I want the prison and the jails. I want to see transformation take place. And I want Missoula to, to lead the way, not because we're great, but because he's great. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.